Everyone, good morning. good morning. Today we'll be taking a look at Galatians 5, 16 through 24. And I'll just start off by reading verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And this passage is talking about two opposing forces within us, the desires of the flesh versus the Spirit. And there's this internal conflict that aptly describes what we go through every single day. Yeah, so I want to first describe what it looks like to walk by the Spirit. Um, what does that mean? Like, is it, it sounds kind of mystical. You just have to walk by the Spirit. Um, so here's the thing, as those who are saved, we believe that the Spirit of God resides in us and tells us how to live and to act. And walking by the Spirit is listening to that voice inside of us that tells us what we should do that we know is not quite from ourselves, but from God. Sometimes we hear it as a voice of warning, like, hey, stay away from that. Or sometimes it's a voice of instruction, like, you really should talk to that person, you should apologize, or, hey, you should go encourage that person. The foundation of walking by the Spirit, though, I think it starts with knowing how God wants us to live out our lives. And I think that's ultimately found in two places. It's God's Word and the daily conversations we have in prayer with God. Um, what I find is that the times where I'm most often led by the Spirit to some action or to some thoughts or ideas is in the process of reading the Word of God and thinking about what God's Word says. And then, of course, the other time is also during prayer, when I'm trying to talk to God, pray about decisions, pray about people that I care about, when we pray about various burdens and concerns. And it's really amazing how oftentimes um, it seems like thoughts come up in our head in the, in the process of speaking to God. Hmm. I was thinking about what makes it hard. You know, we're supposed to walk by the Spirit. What makes it difficult is the desires of the flesh which, you know, is all of man's fallen desires. And the thing is, these fallen desires, they are so natural to us. This passage says that these desires of the flesh, you know, it says are against the spirit. They are, they use the word opposed. And it says, keep you from doing the things you want to do. And it's difficult because this is so ingrained, so a part of our nature. And I think we know that struggle to hold our tongue and not say something instead of seeking revenge or the last word, to fight that laziness, um, to wrestle with various temptations that seem really enticing. There's a certain, you know, the, the wrong thing is often the thing that feels most natural and the most right. So what are the works of the flesh? Um, in verse 19, we actually get a very long list of very specific sins that Apostle Paul, Paul talks about as the desires of the flesh lived out. Um, and, and I would group them in maybe four categories. The first grouping of sexual sins, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Then there's the religious sins, idolatry, you know, worshiping um, anything other than God, sorcery. Then there's the relational sins, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. And then finally, it's a list of what I, maybe you could describe it as social sins, the sins that happen in the presence of others. Hmm. And I think, you know, we, we might look at this list and we're like, you know, most of these things don't apply to us. You know, I don't go out and I'm not violent. And a lot of these things we actually commit in our hearts. And we might be able to think, we might rationalize that we can hide all of this. But I was struck this time by the word evident. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And that reminded me of Luke 8, um, where it says, There is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed, and that will not be known or brought out into the open. And I was thinking about how these works of the flesh, I think, you know, we may think we can hide them, but they can come out one way or another, whether it's, you know, more isolation in our relationships, an addiction spiraling out of control, and when you don't do anything about it, or cooling in your own heart that eventually can be seen. Um, yeah, just I mean, everything ultimately is made evident. Mm -hmm. So verse 21, it ends with this. Um, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I just want to pause and take a quick note here. You know, when it says... Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not saying that if we sin in just these ways, just once, it's over for us. 
I think another translation says that those who practice such things, and so this verse is referring to those people who continuously perform such sins, they ignore the spirit that says to stop, have no desire of changing. So, you know, falling and lapsing to our weakness and sinful desires, that's one thing, and I think that happens to all of us, but outright rejecting the spirit, um, like it describes here, tells us that this person is not in relationship with God, and thus they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, so moving on to verse 22, we've mentioned before, I think in previous DT sharings, you know, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. And it's not just outright works, obviously. You look at this list, um, what we see is when it talks about the fruit, it really has to deal with our character formation, our attitude towards God, towards others. Mm. And, you know, like fruit, there's this um, implication, there's something in this that we should grow. And I think this list sounds good, you know, the fruits of the spirit. I've seen it on a Hallmark card before with the little cute drawings. But if you think about it, all of these are actually hard to do for us. And it means, like I said, fighting against our natural inclinations. Loving is hard. Choosing peace instead of revenge is hard. Being patient with someone is hard. Having self-control is really hard. But to walk in the spirit, like it says in verse 16, means, what does that look like? It means to take one foot after another, put one foot in front of another. Another, to keep trying to take one step in the next and a lot of these words I was no noticing are also done in relation to other people and something we can continue to practice in concrete ways mm -hmm. so there's a long list of fruits of the Spirit and we could do a whole sermon on each and every single one of these items um, today I just want to talk about one it's the first one it's love I think it's very apt that this list starts with love um, the Greek word for love there's actually four different words for love um, and the one here used is the highest typically seen as the highest form of love. It's agape love. Um, one commentator writes, it is a love more of a decision than of the spontaneous heart, as much a matter of the mind than the heart because it chooses to love the undeserving. So it's not a sense of feelings that we get or just reciprocating what we receive. It, it's, the, it's really the kind of love that God has for us where even if we don't deserve it, we receive it. It's intentionally given to us. And so I was thinking, you know, how do we grow in this fruit in love? You know, and, and how you grow in these fruits is to actually practice it. And so just one application I want to give you guys today is I want to challenge you to find one way to love someone concretely today. It could be a roommate. It could be a friend, a family member. You know, all the more if it's someone who doesn't deserve it. Um, you know, maybe it's, yeah, someone in your life who you're not getting along with too well, but I, I want to encourage you to practice this fruit of loving someone else today. And you'll experience growth as you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, with um, the last verse, verse 24, all those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Uh, on one level, I was thinking about how those who belong to Christ Jesus, we, we take a stand against, we take a very clear stand against the passions of the, uh, f the flesh with his passions and desires. You know, we don't compromise. We don't think we can have both. Um, but on another hand, I was thinking about how this verse also gives us a lot of hope. And it reminded me of Galatians 2.20. Um, for I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. And I think oftentimes when we think about, you know, this war, these opposing forces, and us trying to battle against the desires of the flesh, we may feel like it's a losing battle, an uphill battle. But just, uh, yeah, I was reminded, I found hope once again, that we belong to Christ Jesus, and ultimately mm, he's won the war because of what he did on the cross, so we can have enough strength for today to choose to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. All right, so that's all for today. Have a good one. Bye-bye.